Like you said, Trisha, in the beginning, it's like giving up those things that aren't easy and then growing that muscle over time. And when you communicate well, that just breeds for more trust. Trust begets trust, begets trust, begets trust. And so the more you trust, the more they trust you, the more you trust them, the more they trust you. You kind of go into this very positive trust cycle. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world, helping you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence with tips and tools you didn't get in business school. Here are your hosts, Trisha Shortino and Lisa Zeveld. Welcome to One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business and make it stop running you so you can enjoy your work and your life. I'm Trisha Shortino, the CEO of Belay. And I'm Lisa Zeveld, the COO of Belay. Together, we are T and LZ. We have known each other since 2005 and have worked together for a decade, growing a 100% remote business from startup to being recognized on the Inc. 5000 fastest growing companies list for six years running. LZ and I have learned a lot along the way and have made some great friends and partners. For one next step, we are cashing in some favors to bring you episodes filled with excellent content delivered by some talented people. And we may have a thing or two to add ourselves. One Next Step is here to help you on your leadership journey. Each week, we release a new episode answering your questions about running an organization. We will always highlight one next step for you to take immediate action and include an activation guide that reinforces what you've heard. We are excited you're with us today. In this episode, we are continuing our conversation around how to help you better lead your organization by learning to leverage your executive assistant in more effective ways. Here to join us again for this conversation are our very own executive assistants, Kate Sautel and Melissa Lawrence. They are ready to help us discuss how leaders can best work with their executive assistant to build trust, effectively create expectations, and better communicate. This is so important. Working with an executive assistant isn't a one-size-fits-all experience. Each leader has their own communication style and management style, And guess what? So does your EA. Being able to use your unique qualities to better work together as a team can be the catapult to your potential as a leader and the growth of an organization. Trisha and I couldn't lead the way we do without the support of our executive assistants. Kate and Melissa are the best EAs around. They support us in their own unique and different ways and keep us moving smoothly in the right direction. Yeah, supporting a CEO and a COO is no easy task, especially when it's TNLC. (laughs) (laughs) But they have learned what makes us tick and use those unique qualities to help us work better together as a team. They are here to share their secrets and tips for how we as leaders can better lead through building trust, creating clear expectations, and effective communication. Now, let's dive in. All right, guys, welcome back to your second episode of the One Next Step podcast. Hey, ladies. Hello. This episode devoted to all things virtual assistant again. So thanks for being with us. It's going to be an awesome part two conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming back. We had so much fun the last time. And I know that we didn't get to some of the key elements, just even for us as leaders. And so I think that it's important to discuss because so many leaders have a hard time with these next few steps. And and the first one is really how to build trust. You know, I know that when we are at events, that's again, one of the first questions besides what do I delegate goes, 
how do I trust them? How do I know it's going to get done? So Trisha, you are the expert in this area of the business. So how did you start out with your EA? And then I know now with Melissa, really giving trust and relinquishing that control. Yes. So first I will go down by saying I am a control freak. So this is a good (laughs) lesson for everybody (laughs) because I do not like giving up control. (laughs) However, if I'm going to be a healthy and thriving leader, I must. So all of you out there listening who think you cannot do this, you can, I promise. If I can do it, you can do it. Um, First and foremost, I think it's realizing that those things. Realize you're a control freak and you don't like giving things up. I mean, Melissa, when Melissa first started, I was very transparent with her about that being the case. Um, Some things I found very easy because I had no emotional attachment to them or I didn't feel like I was good at them. So those were the things I could easily give away, like calendar and travel, because I hated it. And so I had no problem giving it up immediately. And then by setting really clear expectations about exactly how I liked it and how I wanted it and ideal work week and all the things we've talked about before, she was able to really run with it and deliver things successfully kind of right out of the gate. So I think, you know, starting with what will be easy for you to let go that you don't have control or emotional attachment to is an easy way to give your assistant a quick win and an easy way to make an impression and build that trust to start. And then I think from there, it's an evolution and it grows. I think you you sit in the seat of naturally giving trust, even when it feels unnatural to you, that if you, if you can't relinquish and give trust to your assistant and more and more over time, you will find yourself in a place where you're unable to leverage this relationship and you're, you're kind of become the lid on your own capacity. So I think being able to trust your assistant is really important for the success of this relationship. Yeah, definitely. That's really good, Trisha. You know, from my side as the assistant, I think trust is built within the relationship. Um, you know, of course, from executing on my responsibilities and deliverables and, you know, communication, all of those things. But also for me, by being really deliberate about finding ways to show you that I care about you as a person, um, you know, asking after a busy day, you know, how I can help you wrap up so that you can, you know, finish up early or following up after an an important meeting to ask how it went. Um, Things like that, that really help you to see that I have your best interests in mind, I think really helps to develop that trust. And showing that you're in their corner, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. ultimately our goal. Like we want you guys to succeed because if you guys succeed, we succeed. It's it's a two-way street. And so thankfully we have a culture here that trust is just automatically given at the get-go, which is not usual, but very refreshing. And so knowing that walking into the situation of when you say that you don't actually believe it because you have history with other places (laughs) where that's not the case. But then after one week, two weeks, a month, you're like, oh, they really mean that they're going to trust you from the start. That's also very empowering that you guys actually own what you say and and lead it well. Yeah, I think the small, like you said, Tricia, in the beginning, it's like giving up those things that are easy and then growing that muscle over time. And when you communicate well, then that just breeds for more 
trust. It's it's like a cycle. It's like a trust loop, yeah. right? Yeah. Trust begets it trust is. begets trust begets trust. And so the more you trust, the more they trust you, the more you trust them, the more they trust you. You kind of go into this very positive trust cycle. Yes. Yeah. And just because there's like, and, and, and hear me, you know, trust is in that cycle. So you don't just give it and take it away and give it and take away. You have to know that everybody is human. And, you know, just like I make mistake, Kate is going to make mistakes. And if, if there's a deadline missed or uh, a calendar, right, we gave that example, that, like, that doesn't mean that I no longer trust her. Right. And I think that's where we see a lot of leaders. That's where the relationship gets strained. Because usually if there is a, a miss, it's because expectations weren't communicated in the beginning. And so I think that's a, a key element to, to trust. Yeah. Well, and that's a perfect tee up to kind of the next, you know, step in all of this is really having clear expectations um, for your assistant and vice versa so that those misses can be minimized and really setting the stage for clarity. So LZ, I'd love for you to kind of sit there for a minute and talk a little bit about what it means to create um, expectations in delegation and how we kind of work through that maybe when they are missed. Yeah. Well, Kate and I, you know, within the first month created a document of expectations and promises. And that was really, really good for me to say, hey, what do I actually expect her to do? Mm -hmm. I can't just keep it all in my head. There's one thing to delegate. Delegating is easy. Can you please do this? Yep. The <laughs> expectation part of it is the hard part, um, and especially as a busy leader. And so now this is not a, a, a document that works for everything, but it really did help us get off on the right foot. And it's something that we now visit annually works for us um, because it's a pretty evergreen document that we just kind of bring up. But, you know, I also wanted to know what was her expectations of me. Mm -hmm. It's not a one-way street. I was like, okay, take a look at this and let me know. How can I make sure that I serve you well? You know, it, it is a two-way street. And so I think that's a great place to start. And the promises of that, you know, are a little different than the expectations. So, you know, I promise to always have your back. I promise to always keep your best interest in mind. I promise, you know, to protect you and encourage you. Like all these things that are really important to having a great relationship because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, outside of my immediate family, Trisha, it's you. I need to trust you. You and I work so close together, you know, that that we are a true partnership. And then it's Kate. Yeah. And so that deep, deep relationship has to have some sort of additional expectations and promises that you might not just have with another peer. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's something that people miss. I think that leaders miss the importance or the value that sits inside the leader executive assistant relationship. I mean, I, I say it and I've said it yeah. on you know other podcasts and fr from stages, but it's literally one of the most important relationships and roles to me as an executive. And I and I don't say it lightly when I say I could not be successful in my role if I did not have Melissa. I literally mean it. Mm -hmm. Like I literally will say to her sometimes, like I would die, <laughs> right? Like I I would 
She relieves so much pressure and stress for me. So really knowing that that is really the case, the amount of energy and effort and care that is put into that relationship for it to be successful is is high. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, just yeah. as just as my relationship with you, LZ, you know, is, is that the relational right. capital and the connection and the ability to work really well together is as important with Melissa as it is with LZ. One of the things that I think, too, that helped Kate and I is that it was a two-way street. And so that accountability part of her calling me out as part of the promises was was good. Wouldn't yeah. you say, Kate? Like, when you and I first started talking about it, was it weird? Was it odd? No. Um, and we talked about this in episode one, right? Like, setting those expectations at the front end and really laying that groundwork, I think, is what really mm-hmm. helped us succeed in the long run, because we, we sat down and, and really thought through, okay, what does Elsie expect of me to provide support for her? But then vice versa, you know, for example, I work better with a due date. And we've talked about this, like, if you if I've given a bunch of projects, Mm -hmm. I want to know, okay, when do you need these done so that I can then prioritize my work, and my other things that don't have due dates that are just the everyday things that I need to do to help you succeed. That was one thing that I requested was, hey, I just need some like parameters on these tasks that you'll send. Like, when do you need it by? Because then that helps me help you. So, no, I don't think it was weird. I think it was, I mean, it was great. It, it makes you think, right? It's like, oh, well, what do I expect of my leader? Like, my job is to help you. And that's, yeah. I've got the list of things I need to do. But, oh, what do I expect? And like you said, like, I know that you always have my back, the due dates, that you have my best interest. And we've talked about all those. And those are all things that we laid out in that document. Kate is not just my assistant, right? But she becomes the assistant COO, right? So like, if we're not connected, like, you know, we're together, she's an extra arm. And, and, you know, we're, we have to go through this together. Like if we're not lock and step, then some of the relief that's sort of expected that comes with the vulnerability and the authenticity of things that she sees that nobody else sees would be missing Mm -hmm. because we didn't make those things clear in the beginning. Yeah, I would say Trisha and I approached it a little bit differently. We didn't really sit down and kind of lay all that out in the beginning, but we just kind of had this ongoing feedback conversation where, you know, as things came up, she would let me know, you know, if I was on the right track or needed to, you know, adjust a little bit. Um, And then she would be continually asking me, what do you need from me? Um, And so we just had this ongoing conversation. You know, we're still having this ongoing conversation today. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that continuous feedback loop was you know, really accelerated the rate at which I was able to support her. Um, I was able to, you know, understand her needs and her preferences and, you know, decisions that she was comfortable with me making on my own versus when I needed to come to her. So that really helped me to reach that, you know, strategic partner status much more quickly. Well, we talked a lot about communication. And I know that both of you had been in environments where remote work you know, was a possibility and you had done that, but not to this level. So as we talk about communication and expectations and delegation, how did you find that it was different working with leaders in a remote environment? 
What was different about that? I think in a remote environment, you definitely have to be much more intentional about communicating. I know in the beginning, um, Trisha would, you know, send me an email with something that she wanted me to take care of. And I would think I'll get back to her when I've taken care of it. Like that way I can trying to avoid, you know, extra traffic in her inbox. So I would wait and try and get it taken care of so I could just provide her the final update. And then I realized from her feedback that she would just like what we call the virtual nod where I say, hey, I got this. I'm on it. And so making that adjustment really helps kind of build that trust between us. Absolutely. Yeah, those first couple of weeks, it takes some adjusting. Absolutely. Going from being in an office to a virtual world and the virtual nod, you have to get used to, oh, I just need to acknowledge, yes, I've seen this. I've read it. Mm-hmm. Just like you would with a person if you're standing in the hallway with them. It's like, okay, yep, I got it. And walk away. And then you give the feedback. It's the same exact thing. It's just virtual. So definitely an adjustment to get used to that. But then it's it's become so normal. And I even talked to friends who who work and are normally in an office. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've, I've sent like 10,000 emails in the last six months or something like that. <laughs> and he looked at me and he goes, I think I've sent like 50. <laughs> so the night and day difference of we just communicate on everything. By yeah. email. Yes. Yes. Because we don't have the opportunity <laughs> yeah. to run into each other in the hallway. Like you said, I can't run into you and be like, hey, <laughs> Melissa, can you ba ba ba? I actually have to reach out to you intentionally, whether it's an email, text message, instant message, and yeah. all of that stuff, which brings up a great another kind of just short topic is, you know, define your modes of communication for you and your assistant. So some leaders love to be on a text message and virtual assistants do. Some don't. Some people prefer everything to be in an email. So there's an easy record. You can follow the reply. Sometimes people like Mm -hmm. a good instant message. So I think like getting on the same page and understanding the way with which you communicate, especially when you're remote is key. Like Melissa and I know we, we use instant message and email. And those are our primary sources of communication. We don't stray too far from there. Yeah. Um, obviously zoom, we have our zoom meetings. So those are like our three modes of a communication. We don't try and be in too many other areas. Those are the most important three for us. And we know that about each other. And that makes it easy to know where to look and to be prepared, you know, for what to see when the communication is coming back and forth. So that's been a good kind of one for us too around communication. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to let you go to this one, Kate. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you track yes. me down? Well, so we're chatting the other day. I had to actually think about this because we utilize all three. I would say instant messaging actually less than email and texting. Yeah. I think we email and text the most. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like I've gotten a good grasp on when to text and when to email. And a lot of it has to do with where you're at. So if you are out and about, I know that I can reach you quickly via text. Um, or if you're in meetings, mm-hmm. I don't want to distract you from the meeting because of a an instant message popping up. I would rather send a text so it doesn't, you know, it all, yeah, it just all depends. I think I've just kind of gotten into that rhythm of, I just know this question will be better via text because I need it quicker. Um, and it's not necessarily a task, but emails are all the, like the mm-hmm. tasks, the you know, the longer bits of information, not the, hey, what's your, what kind of coffee do you want? <laughs> what, well, tea, what kind of tea right. would you like? Right. <laughs> Which tea? We already know, black yes. tea. 
No instant messaging. These are the things I know about my girl. Yes. Oh, my work wife, Lisa, does not like instant message nor coffee. (laughs) No, nor coffee. Um, The other funny thing too, and this has happened the very first time, is that Kate and I have very similar personalities. And um, my prior assistant, I was similar to her husband. So actually, Kate and I talked about this this week um, or last week and that we were saying that, you know, how we work together or whatever. And I said, yeah, it's so interesting because she just has a level of professionalism coupled with the fact that pretty much she knows what I'm going to want because now she knows me after two years, but it's because how she would like it mm-hmm. to. And so that's really fun to have that depth of relationship. You know, we we both find energy, right, of, of doing something more at the last minute. I know that makes you That cringe. makes Melissa <laughs> and I both cringe. We are both cringing. We are the planner group over here that are like, please no. give us weeks of notice. Yeah. And, uh, and I love nothing more than a challenge of, um, and so we laugh a lot that we said we need other people in our lives that you and Melissa to compliment <laughs> our need for things to be kind of, uh, exciting and, yeah. you know, down last minute. Minute. you're so, going to have to find another yeah. duo for that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you see, you compliment uh, I us. Guess, because I then guess, we, I guess, I guess. Right. And then we're, and then we're <laughs> helping you guys see that last minute things aren't all that bad. <laughs> oh, I'm going to agree and leave it at that. To disagree? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say the word disagree. No. I'm going to go, okay. <laughs> no. No, this, uh, again, you guys, was so super fun. I hope you both know how valuable you are to T and myself and to this business, to Belay. You know, we definitely could not do what we do without you guys and um, and love working with you both. So thank you for supporting us so well and, and trusting us too. So thank you for joining us for episode thank two. You. This has been awesome. Yes, thank you. Pleasure. Now it's time for the one next step. As the most practical business podcast, we want to make sure taking action isn't overwhelming to you. So with each episode, we're going to offer you one next step to propel you and your business forward. Today's next step is to download this episode's activation guide, which is our delegation worksheet. This multi-page document will walk you through how to fill out our delegation matrix. Use this list resource to help you identify tasks that only you can do and things you should delegate. So important. This is a good one, guys. To download it now, text the phrase One Next Step to 31996 or visit onenextsteppodcast.com. When you request today's guide, you'll also going to receive a summary of today's episode, which includes key quotes and takeaways and links to resources mentioned in the episode. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of One Next Step. We hope you enjoyed it and that you will join us next time for more practical tips and actionable tools to advance your business one step at a time. Until next time, own your journey. It's your life and your business. It's up to you to create the life and organization you want. Start by making today count. Thanks for listening to One Next Step. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit onenextsteppodcast.com.